Hey guys, this is Ken McRoy, and you are listening to the Mailbox Money Show with Bronson Hill. This is the Mailbox Money Podcast, and I am Bronson Hill. As a busy professional, I wrestled with how to grow my income without taking up more of my precious time. I learned that managing real estate, actively trading stocks, or being unable to scale up investments is not passive investing. This is the place where you'll discover new asset classes, develop investing skills, and learn from experts how to become financially free with less work than you thought possible. And now, get ready for truly passive income. Welcome to the Mailbox Money Show. I'm your host, Bronson Hill. Really excited to be here to talk with you about an awesome passive investing group, as well as a group called Wealth Without Wall Street, which is a huge passion of mine of how do we get our wealth outside of Wall Street and into Main Street to grow wealth. Uh, these guys are amazing. We have Russell Morgan and uh, Joey Murray. Make sure I get it right. And uh, just amazing guys uh, doing great stuff for all the right reasons. And I'm really excited to have them uh, here with me today. They run a uh, mastermind called Wealth Without Wall Street for passive investors, a deal flow mastermind. They also are uh, doing lots of real estate deals, other types of deals. And I want to get into their story. I think it's very relevant into what's happening today, um, some of their journey. I think the more stories we hear from individuals that have really done it, right? They've been able to get out of a job. They've been get out, able to get out of Wall Street and develop streams of passive income. It really opens up a lot, a lot of opportunities. So uh, really excited for this interview. Joey, Russ, really excited to have you guys. How are you? Oh, doing great, Bronson. Thanks for having us. It's always good to be with a brother uh, outside of Wall Street. Exactly, yeah. exactly. We just did a, a, a podcast, had you, uh, I was on your show recently, so that was really exciting and I'm excited to uh, have you guys on, on this show as well. So I want to get into each of your backgrounds. I know, Joey, you were in the mortgage business for a while and Russ, you're the idea guy and you're a, like myself, a recovering financial advisor, financial planner. So why don't you guys just give a little bit of uh, each of your background and kind of how the Wealth Without Wall Street got started? Well, I'll, I'll lead off because ultimately Wealth Without Wall Street is about a movement of people who are gaining back their time, right? Creating financial freedom is really the simple formula of more passive income to cover your monthly expenses. Once that occurs, your calendar opens wide up, right? N nobody else is now dictating what goes on that calendar except for you. And uh, when I first started my career in the corporate world, I thought that financial freedom was income increasing, right? But what I found is all of the uh, things that go along with that and the costs associated with an income that increases is I found myself 60 to 70, 80 hours a week trading that time for that higher income and slowly but surely giving up the relationships that I was working so hard for. And the, uh, the most critical like picture that I can give you is, is when I was on vacation, and I did air quotes for those of you just listening to this, I would send my, my family with my, my wife and my five beautiful daughters, and I would tell them, go down to the beach. I'll be right behind you, right? I have to take this one more phone call to do this pre-approval <laughs> letter for this realtor that just called me or whatever. And three hours later, I'm walking down that boardwalk on the, behind the condo or the house or whatever we're staying in, 
And they're walking back up that very same boardwalk with this just look of disgust. Like, I can't believe you're working on our vacation. Like, you're not present, even though you're physically here. And man, those type of things, I don't know if you or the people in your audience can relate, but man, that's just not worth it. Like, that immediately started to sound the alarm that my formula for financial success was wrong and something had to change. And uh, that's at times like that, Russ and I actually got to know each other uh, at church first. And he started introducing me ideas he was sharing with his clients. And one of those came in the, the way of a book that I read that totally changed my whole outlook on this and, and made me go down a whole different path that eventually led me to leaving my career and saying, I want to do more of this and share people the same passageway or this pathway that you've shared with me. Yeah, that's no, I love that story. Can you share what book that was that impacted you so profoundly? Yeah, it's it's a really it's an 88 page book. It's black and it's got a, a lock on the front of it. If you or a um what, what's that called? A vault. A vault, excuse me. Okay. <laughs> and wow. it's it's Become Your Own Banker by R. Nelson Nash. And ah. just the way he he put the the whole thing was, man, I need to take control of my finances. I need to be a steward. I don't need to abdicate this responsibility to Wall Street or anybody else. And there's a new way to think about creating freedom today instead of putting it off for decades into the future when all these special moments with my family are over. Yeah. And you know, you shared that story too about coming back or coming down to the beach and your kids are coming back and the look on their face and and I've had, I have a 10 year old daughter and I just know there's been moments where, you know, that's happened. And, and it's like, I want to be, I want to be at the soccer games. I want to be in town. I want to be, you know, planning stuff with her and taking her to Legoland and doing all this stuff. And it's, it's very hard to do when you have a very demanding job. And so how to be able to set up more passive income. Uh, Russ, what about you? What, how did you get, uh, what's your background? How'd you get started? I know you were kind of like me, you were uh, with the dark side for a while, the wall street side, and then you uh, saw the light had a solid yeah. Tarsus experience and. And exactly. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Before the road to Damascus, uh, Damascus, and um, and and becoming Joey's hero, um, I was working in money management. I was a certified financial planner, and I was trying to manage money and and figure out what money really looked like. Just the the typical thing, as you know, most of the people that come out of college or recently um, out of their first job become financial advisors. Why not? Those are the the best people uh, to manage money for you. And I was sitting there trying to figure that out for myself. And then like four and a half years in is when the the market crash happened in 2008. And I was sitting there, palms up to the sky, trying to figure out why did everything crash? And the question that I kept asking and nobody had the answer for, Bronson, and you may have experienced this too, was what's going to keep it from doing it again? Yeah, and I I end up at a event in Orlando, Florida. I know you go to a lot of events like I do, and I was at this event in Orlando, Florida. Sometimes I've been at it for the every January. It wasn't always in Orlando. One year it was in New Orleans, and next year it was in Phoenix or whatever. But it it was about 500 CPA, CFPs, insurance professionals, financial advisors, and. I'm listening to this older guy that Joey talked about that wrote that book, Becoming Your Own Banker, talk on the stage. And he's sharing the same message I'd heard four different times before. 
but my ears weren't open, right? <laughs> I had the skills on my eyes. I couldn't see. Yeah. And, and so it, it shared an idea with me that there was a different pathway to becoming financially free. And it meant that you had to get access to your cash, which unfortunately I'd been one of those obstacles for people. I'd been keeping them from having access to their cash because in order for me to, to make money on it, I had to manage it and they couldn't have access to it. Right. I had to be the one mm -hmm. um, investing it for them on their behalf. And I realized that I was I was doing the same thing with my money as little as it was, and I was doing that with everybody else's. And so I needed to to make a switch. I shared it with Joey and started sharing it with a lot of other people, and just led us to um, a lot of fun opportunities since then. Yeah, it's amazing. I feel like this is like a their own little confessional booth here, where we're just like you know sharing our confession of each other about hey, you know, this is what happened, and and I think once you um, there's a saying of you can you can look at something and look away, but once you really see it, you can't unsee it, right? And that exists in different areas. And I think when you realize kind of like you see the man behind the curtain at the Wizard of Oz, who's just this guy who's like, it, it, it's just a big illusion, right? And that's Wall Street is a lot of that, or it's almost like you're in the Matrix and every, or everybody else is in the Matrix and you start to see like Neo or you can see, oh my gosh, this is all fake or this is all just something that... Yeah, you know, Tony Robbins talks about the fees, you know, 3.2% is the average mutual fund fee. And then you add in advisor fees and other stuff on top, it takes most of people's returns, but people don't realize um, a lot of that. So well, I love what you guys are doing. I want to get into more of your story because I think it's really compelling and I really um, resonate with you guys. And I feel very close with you guys just because of, of how you're adding value, obviously some of the values that you guys, we, we both share, but um, you have a group called Wealth Without Wall Street. And this is what we've seen a few times. I've had a few other groups like this where um, you know it's a group of in investors, really passive investors that show up that are sharing deal flow that you're doing, you're networking, you're trying to grow wealth. And so there's there's a high fee to get involved. I mean, it's not outrageous, but you know there's a, there's a price to get involved and it's substantial. And so people they commit to be a part of it, but they get education, they get networking, and they get deal flow. Um, can you talk to us a little bit about kind of how that group? came about and what are some of the things that uh, the advantages you see of uh, like uh, being in a mastermind like that as a passive investor? Yeah. Well, one, thank you for giving us a platform to share this because it's probably one of the most fun things that we get to do. Anytime we're in a mastermind, we're learning as much as those around us are. And it's definitely part of our, you know, the, the thing that makes us smile regularly, we'll be on a call a little bit later today with one of those groups, our passive income mastermind group. And we'll be basically just masterminding around how to go deeper into what is the thing helping us succeed at the highest level, but also what's the thing that, that sucks. Hey, what's the thing that is maybe not going so great that we can improve upon. And we first started this out, Bronson, as we, we first started a bigger group, like a free group that was just really a community of people sharing ideas. And one of our friends came to us and said, man, you guys are really kind of the passive income kings. Now, that was a bad label. We were by far not the passive income kings. <laughs> but he was like, yeah, out of all the people that I, I'm around, you're the ones that are either doing the most deals or talking about the most deals. And you got the most connection around these deals. You need to have a passive income mastermind. And Joey and I thought, no, that sounds horrible. That means we're going to have to start something else. We don't need to start something else. We have enough businesses as we, as uh, as it is, and we were wanting to find ways to re remove ourselves from businesses, not insert ourselves into new ones. 
he convinced us. So we sent out an invitation to 35 people to have an event in uh, right outside of Nashville, Tennessee. 32 people accepted that invitation and came. And we we did two days, had a, had a lot of fun, spent time at one of the guys who came. He He's a um, award-winning music producer. So he's big in that area of Nashville. So we got to hang out and um, do some pretty cool stuff in his studio. And he, you know, kind of wowed us with some of the the names that, you know, he'd been working with over the last, you know, week and month or so. And in that, in that time, we, we talked a lot about different deal flow everybody was doing. We talked about tax strategies that, you know, the, um, the wealthy were using to reduce and minimize their tax exposure. And we left there and people kept saying, hey, how can we do this again? Like, this was fun. And, and so we we're like, it was fun, right? Like, we enjoyed it. It was something that didn't seem too far-fetched for us. So we built out this passive income mastermind. We actually call it the passive income mastermind. And we meet twice a twice a month uh, virtually and twice a year live. And and then you know people started saying, how can I get in that if I'm not accredited? Well, we said, well, you can't get in that, but we have another group and we, we just built out a, a, another group for non-accredited investors. And, wow. and, they, and we basically mimic the same process. We meet virtually couple of times uh, a month and a couple of times a year live. And it's just a great way to, you know, sharpen our, um, our investor IQ, if you will. Yeah, there, I, there's, I want uh, you to share as well, Joey, I know you have stuff to share on this as well, but I want to just touch base that, you know, if you're a passive investor uh, or you're operating, having access to deal flow is like the most important thing. Uh, some of the best deals I've ever seen are deals that most people have never heard of, right? They have high returns, there's the minimized risks. I know a guy that was able to get, um, we were looking for a deal to, to close this deal. The lender needed some, I don't get all the details, but basically we needed two and a half million dollars to close a deal. And it was only for like 24 hours. And we ended up paying somebody like a 5% fee to like wire in two and a half million for one day. So they like made, I was like a hundred K or they made like, they made a lot of, maybe maybe it's $2 million, but it was like a hundred K they made in one day on a $2 million. But there was only one person that we got in touch with because we needed it right away. We knew they were available, whatever. So being, having access to deal flow is huge. And so a group like this, um, they offer that. Usually there'll be education around it. A lot of people I find that are two to 10 million in net worth or higher don't want to spend their time going to events and chasing deals, right? And so guys like you and I, we do go to a lot of events. We, we hear we get a lot of deals sent to us. And so, um, you know, eventually that's one of our goals is to start one of these groups. But the tax strategy part is really great too, because um, I actually met with a tax strategist um, who works with, you know, five to $100 million net worth family offices. And we were planning an event and I said, hey, we're going to do this and try to help people to pay zero taxes and we're going to advertise it this way. And he said, well, are you going to advertise it to the public? And I said, yes. And he said, well, I can't go. And I said, well, why not? And he said, because if you do an event, you've got 100 people there and I'm there doing tax strategy, teaching people how to get their taxes to zero. The IRS in the past has sometimes subpoenaed the organizers for the entire attendee list and everybody gets audited. So we want to realize that being a part of a private group you can do tax strategy there, right? You can have paid, you know, you have just a part of that becomes tax strategy. Um, Joey, what else, what, what about from you? What are some other things that you see? I mean, I know Russ touched on a lot there, but is there anything else you wanted to add as far as uh, this group and some of the value you've gotten out of it? Yeah, so a couple of things. First of all, the backdrop of this was that Russ and I realized that we had learned a lot about passive investing, 
but we hadn't taken a ton of action in that in that regard. And, and now this is for anybody who's caught themselves in that analysis paralysis moment. Hey, I'm, I'm educating myself, but I'm not taking action. And so in 2020, Russ and I started reporting on our private passive income, our personal passive income report every single month. And it was kind of laughable, right? The very first time we did it, it was like $2,400 a month. Well, it's amazing. One of our mentors said, whatever is important to you, you will track and it will grow. But if you want it to grow exponentially, you will track it and report on it. And what it did is it it started to expand dramatically because now we had accountability within the thousands and thousands of people that download our podcast every month. And guess what became one of the most downloaded episodes of our podcast? The one where they got to see behind the kimono. Hey, this is what you're investing in. This is how it's going. Is it good, bad? I mean, we share everything, right? The the deals that we get scammed on, the deals that don't go as, as planned, the deals that are way better than we anticipated. And so once we started to report on that, that's what got the attention. And that's where we're like, wait a minute, this is now the need for a mastermind. But it was so much more than just deal flow. And I don't want to say, I don't want to like downplay the idea of deal flow. But what this actually is, it's a place, like think about any other mastermind that you've ever been a part of. Typically, it's a mastermind around an active pursuit, right? Like, oh, I'm a a physician. Well, I'm in a in a mastermind of other physicians on how to grow my practice. Or let's say that you're a lawyer and you you want to you want to grow um, that side of your business. You want to continue to be around other high powered lawyers, and this is this is a way that you can do that by being around those people. But it's all in a pursuit of active income. The passive income mastermind is 100% focused on how do I get to 200% of my monthly expenses in passive income. So it immediately pushes out the focus on active income. And it just is a place where we can say, this is how I'm going to create freedom and not just freedom for myself because 100% would be fine. What's that 200% mean? Well, it means I can invest in the next generation. It means I can invest my time and energy into things that I'm passionate about. Um, you know, I, I heard you talk about what's passionate for you is like ending trafficking. Well, what what are some ways that you can get involved if more if you had more more passive income? One, physic financially, you could fo- forward more money into that, or you could even give more of your time away. And so, our group is kind of unique in the sense that yes, there's deal flow, yes, there's tax strategy, but there's also a kind of common. Um, desire to have a much bigger impact in the world that we've been given, whether that's our immediate families or the communities that we're part of or the causes that are really important to us. And um, um, that really drives every aspect of our group. Yeah, I love that you shared that. Um, You know, one of my passions as well is just what passive investing really is. A lot of people think I own a single family rental or five or 10 and that's passive. But a lot of that's not passive because you're having to do work on it. You're getting calls, you're getting, even if you have a property manager, there's a lot of things that go into that. But, you know, and I ask people, if you can take your current strategy and you could, if you could 10X the size of what you're doing, 
you know, is that possible? And other people, their eyes just about bug out of their head, like, oh my gosh, like how could I go from three houses to 30 houses? Well, that's the point, right? Is that to be able to have scalable wealth. And that's, I love what you guys are doing. Um, wanted to t- have a couple more questions for you guys. And I know the um, time's just flying here, but um, talk to us right now about what you're seeing. Are you guys doing real estate deals right now? What's your view on the real estate market with interest rates being high, with what we're seeing in the market? Uh, are there other investment classes that you're interested in now? Would love to just get a kind of a, a big picture of what you guys are, are looking at personally or with your group um, right now. Yeah. So we're kind of agnostic to the type of investment, but we are big into investing through your, what we call your investor DNA. And it's because at real estate, for instance, right? We, I know you mentioned uh, your story to us and I know your your audience has heard you talk about having four or five properties in Ohio and a lot of work, bad tenants, not working out as great. Uh, Joey and I did the same thing, kind of started on the single family route and wasn't a good fit for our own investor DNA. We didn't even know what that meant at the time. We just didn't invest a lot and we didn't get anywhere because we didn't resonate with having this just property that was being managed by somebody else kicking out, you know, whopping $97 a month or whatever it was. It wasn't until we realized that we like getting involved in deals. We like kind of having our hands and our influence into the outcomes that we really started figuring out the things we invest in. So you asked about real estate. So the only real estate deals that we're really in is around real estate or in a segment of real estate. So while we have invested in multifamily, we have invested in single family. Right now, one of the biggest real estate deals we're in is in the land flipping world. So we have a land flipping operation that buys and sells small uh, tracts of land all over the country in places that none of us who are listening to this podcast would actually want to live, but there's lots of people who do. And we sell them on owner finance notes. And every month we bring in about 25,000 a month from those note income off those properties that we're selling. That's kind of in the real estate deal. We we also started a short-term rental business. Again, that's more in the um, retail kind of um Customer service is not hospitality, yeah. hospitality world. It's not necessarily owning the real estate. We were using rental arbitrage and we built a portfolio over 26 properties into that space and installed a full-time operator to run that for us. So for us, that's how we've done it up to this point. The thing that we're, you mentioned interest rates. I think the thing with interest rates right now is going to make opportunities maybe a little bit better. The reason why we weren't buying real estate, for instance, in our short-term rental business is because prices were so competitive. There were so many people that were out there bidding up property that I didn't want to buy property at what I thought was the peak. And, you know, it made more sense for us to arbitrage the deal. Well, now as you know, not everybody is out there buying property because of interest rates as a deterrent. I think there's a chance to go out and go buy some of these Uh, rental properties. And instead of using long-term rental, which is not something that I'm really interested in, but using short-term rental or midterm rental as an option to cash flow the property, it's definitely something I think. And I think we're going to use more subject to and creative financing type purchases to do it. We've done, you know, one deal before like that, that kind of give us a courage to go do more. Yeah. I just, I just heard, uh, I was at fun launch live and, uh, in uh, Miami, and I heard Pace Morby, who's a guy who does a lot of subject to stuff, and I was just blown away that like it, it seems like a real great solution for right now because a lot of people that have, especially houses at three percent or multifamily at three, four, or five percent, 
they can sell them and basically the new people can just pay the existing loan it's like the loan stays with the prior owner but the property there actually is a sale and there's a way to do it in a way of the structure i've never done it but it just sounds incredibly compelling yeah. and it allows people to sell at a better price but to get a subject to note um so it's it's pretty interesting yeah um, pay Pace is actually a friend of ours and okay. uh, uh, we met him when he was in town in Birmingham several years ago. And he just kind of just through knowing him and learning through this, we were able to take down a deal uh, actually near Russ's house um, for a short-term rental opportunity. And it was really a beautiful thing because the win-win in it was that because we took that property down as a short-term or excuse me, as a subject too, we were able to move very quickly in terms of the buying process. And that seller was able to get what they wanted. They got more of their money faster and was able to go to their new house that they had already built. And so they were going to have to hold two notes if they kept it on the retail market for very long. And so, man, it it turned out to be, I think we ended up with a 2.75 interest rate um, on this, uh, you know, it it was a 600,000, excuse me, it was a over $900,000 mortgage um, uh, against this property. And for us to do that as an entity, it would have been double or triple that in terms of the, right. the, the terms. And yeah. had we not done it that way, we would have lost money on the deal potentially because the, the city shut down our ability to do it as a short-term rental and we had to flip it. And when we flipped it, um, had we not had that subject to in place, we probably would not have made a profit. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, the book I just picked it up. I got it off on the shelf there. It's Pace Morby's book. It's like Wealth Without, uh, or I don't. It, it's I can't remember the name of the book, but it's 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 a good book. I'm, I'm going to jump into it. I'm excited to to get into it. But for this type of interest rate environment, it's very compelling. Um, I want to ask you guys one more question that's a little unrelated. We were talking about this earlier. Um, we know of a group. We don't have to say specifically who it is in the alternative investing space, not real estate, but there was, and we see this, you know, in every month there's new scams or things that are are notified or things that come up. Um, What is it, you know, passive investors can do to protect themselves kind of on a high level from, uh, from being scammed, being a part of, you know, something that ends up being a Ponzi scheme or ends up being some sort of scam. Well, we actually did a podcast on this just recently, right? Like the three reflections that we have on investment failures. And we were kind of looking back because these unfortunately do exist and ourselves and others have unfortunately been subject to, um, you know, investing in them. And what, what I've learned through this process is a couple of things. One you, you you can trust, but you have to verify. And that's a statement I think that gets thrown around a lot. But here's how you actually verify is that you don't verify through Bronson told me so. You don't verify because Joey told Bronson it was true. And I think so oftentimes the trust factor is if I spend enough time around you, it would be hard for me not to trust you, Bronson, like just a high quality guy, high character, the things that you talk about, the things that you're involved in says a lot about who you are and the type of way that you, you know, um, handle yourself in an investment deal. And so then I end up starting to think, oh, well, that's what I'm trusting in. I'm trusting in Bronson. Well, that's the wrong way to think about that. Bronson brings you a deal. You know that Bronson believes in it, but now I need to see past that. I need to see 
unless Bronson is the one operating the deal. I need to see who is operating the actual investment in itself. I need to see what their track record is, better understand what their value proposition is to the world and how does it make sense for them to do this deal and how does it then make sense to, for them to do this deal and pay me and pay Bronson, right, as an example. And I, I think as we looked at this, the examples where I've seen deals go bad is when we invested in a sponsor, not in the operator, meaning that we didn't know who the operator was. We had no visibility, no transparency. Now, I know I know you do a lot of due diligence for your investors, so you probably bring all of that due diligence to them. You're saying, hey, here, here's, I'm looking at the um, this operator, here's their track record, here's how they've done it, here's where the property, here's how they own this property, here's the bank records of this property, whatever it may be, right? And I think the lack of transparency into the actual deal itself is what creates opportunity. I think another thing, and Joey, I know you'll jump in here in a second, is that we oftentimes too get too caught up in the math. We get so excited right. about the deal itself, Right, that one of the latest deals that Joey and I unfortunately invested in, we we trusted the the sponsor because we believed that he was a very trustworthy individual. We we had um, you know close interaction with him over a long period of time, and believed that he was the real deal, and I think he is. Unfortunately, he maybe missed some things along the way, and the people that he trusted, and that ultimately failed. But also we got the only reason we, I think, really invested in the deal. We got so excited about the tax benefit of it. Mm -hmm. And we got at the very end of the year, maybe somebody on your podcast listening relates to this to get toward the end of the year. And they're thinking about the, you know, multiple six figures they're going to have to pay in taxes. And they're trying to figure out what is the alternative to that? How do I buy something else that could not only produce a passive income stream, but offset taxes? And that's where right. we were. And so we made an investment chasing, letting the tax tail wag the wag the dog kind of deal. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, there's a lot. I'm sure we could talk about this. I encourage people to check out that episode that you guys did recently um, on the Wealth Without uh, Wall Street podcast. But um, guys, I, I just I feel like we could talk for a long time, have a lot of great conversations with you. I do encourage everybody to reach out and connect with you guys because you're doing some great things in the investing space as well as with the education uh, for the uh, passive income mastermind, but what's a good way for people to get in touch or how can they connect with you guys? Yeah, feel free to check us out at wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash mailbox money. Wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash mailbox money. We have some free resources there. And if you want to learn more about um, our masterminds or just have a free call, um, you can find all of that there. We look forward to, to catching up with you. Well, guys, well, I appreciate you. Thank you for all the value you're adding in this space, um, for having you know, honest conversations, even about you know losses and things that most investors don't talk about. I've appreciated we've been able to share really openly kind of both ways on different shows we've been on. But I think that's really how we learn. When we learn personally, we learn from an investing standpoint. And I just do you guys that I respect quite a bit for what you're doing. So thanks for being here. And uh, I appreciate you guys uh, being on the show today. Thanks for having us. Yeah. yeah, always a pleasure. So these guys are good guys, Wealth of Wall Street. Um, they're doing really what we want to do here is educate people about passive investing, getting money outside of Wall Street. Because, you know, as a recovering investment advisor, which I was an investment advisor as long as well as um, uh, Russ was an investment advisor also or a financial planner. Uh, you just see behind the curtain that really, you know, Wall Street finds a way to get paid no matter what, whether you 
Uh, you know, they're trying to manage your temperament. So you stay in and you, you don't sell when things go down like crazy. But these really traditional investments we've been taught, uh, stocks and bonds are not safe investments. And um, I, I think not, not that I don't do stocks or I don't do bonds, but it's just having thing, money and real assets. There's so many advantages to it, right? You're not, you don't have the counterparty risk, meaning if anybody in that whole uh, whether the business or in the financial institutions involved fails or has any issues, you could lose all your money. Versus if you own a real asset, you know that, uh, you know, it, it's not in the Wall Street system. And I don't want to be, you know, conspiracy theory-esque, but um, there's a lot of uh, ways Wall Street will find a way to get paid and get hidden fees at your expense. So there's a misalignment of interest. And so getting in deals that make sense. Also, I like the conversation about talking about how do you vet deals and avoid scams. And we're seeing more scams come up and more scams are coming. I think last year, I, there's a, a website called Ponzi Tracker that showed that there were 56 Ponzi schemes in 2022, totaling around $5 billion with a B, right? And these are big deals. You don't wanna be involved in one of these because it can take years to get money back. As many as 10 years, I've heard stories, or in sometimes it's only 10% of the money uh, that actually was invested, right? So there are these stories that are out there not speaking specifically, but but generally that 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 exists. That um, you know, so to try to you know, as Warren Buffett would say, uh, rule number one is don't lose money, right? So that's really the point of all this is to try to get to a place where you're, um, you know, you're invested in solid solid deals with good operators. And at the end of the day, you know, you may have one that has a loss. You may have things that come up, but as much time as you can take in really building that relationship, both as an operator as well as as a passive investor, um, it's very important. So. Hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please write us a review, uh, refer, you know, send this to other folks and also uh, rate this podcast or this uh, YouTube video, hit the smash the like button. Uh, thanks for taking the time to educate yourself. I look forward to seeing you on the next episode of Mailbox Money. You've been listening to the Mailbox Money podcast. For more free resources, articles, and videos, go to bronsonequity.com. There you can download your copy of the special report, The Single Best Investment Strategy During and After a Pandemic. None of the information shared here is an offer to buy a specific investment, and this is for educational purposes only. Consult your financial, legal, and tax professionals and use your own common sense before making any investment decisions. Thanks for joining us, and be sure to tune next time for more Mailbox Money.